consciousness is the screen on which our life is happening as a movie of life. Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast. I am Alberto Ligi, your host from London. And as a regular listeners know, the purpose of the podcast is to encourage you to be more philanthropic and to act more sustainably and to embrace social entrepreneurship. And today we're talking about transcendental meditation, about transcendental meditation, the technique, the movement. And it's a pleasure to welcome on board Dr. Tony Nader, who is the CEO of the Transcendental Meditation Organizations and someone who is a neuroscientist, a medical doctor, and also an expert in transcendental meditation. So, Tony, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome on board. The pleasure is mine. Thank you very much for having me with you. It's a joy. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I started as a medical doctor, studied medicine, and then got interested in the mind and behavior, went into some psychiatry, mm -hmm. felt that it was not really what I wanted. So. I had questions in life that were very profound and wanted to answer them, like everyone else. Why we are here, where we're going, where we come from, what can we do with our life, how can we make it better. And so I thought that studying medicine and the mind and psychiatry would help me. But it was mostly dealing with situations of people's health and, of course, uh, mental health also in psychiatry. And although it was a wonderful vocation for me, it wasn't answering all the questions. Mm -hmm. So I went more into the science of the mind and the science of the brain. So I went to MIT where I studied brain and cognitive sciences and got a PhD in brain and cognitive sciences. And that was in the direction of doing research. Maybe I can contribute myself to adding to the knowledge that is available mm -hmm. about the mind and the body and the physiology and the nervous system. At the same time, I was at Harvard in neurology. So I did uh, neurological training and I did research, uh, basic research in you know, animal and uh, lab research. Mm -hmm. At the same time, human research. So did research on different conditions uh, of medical importance at the Harvard right. Medical School, Massachusetts General Hospital. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I was practicing transcendental meditation, which gave me a lot of strength, clarity, ability to focus and manage the demanding uh, outside requirements and requirements of study and focus and all of that. And since it gave me a lot of personal strength and clarity and understanding, I actually became a TM teacher. Okay. And then I uh, was called by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the founder of this technique, spent time with him and he invited me to do more research on transcendental meditation. And so I plunged into that also its effectiveness, its theoretical basis in the ancient knowledge of yoga, ancient knowledge of Veda. Mm -hmm. And he was satisfied with this uh, research and encouraged me to continue and ultimately asked me to become his representative in a way in the knowledge because he wanted this to be a science, mm -hmm. a science rather than uh, just uh, a mental thing or an esoteric approach but actually something scientific. So we can say 
a science of the mind, a science of even spirituality, a science of higher values, and most importantly, a science of consciousness, a science of awareness. Right, right. Fascinating. And tell me a little bit about transcendental meditation itself. What, what is it? The term meditation, of course, means something that deals with the mind. And there are very large number of things that deal with the mind. You mm -hmm. know, it's like if you say you have white powder, you will wonder what is it? Is it talc powder? Is it sugar? Is it salt? Is it this and that? And in that same way, there are all kinds of meditations. So there is mindfulness, there are different techniques of putting attention on some aspect or the other, concentrating, mm -hmm. contemplating. Transcendental meditation is, takes us on a vertical direction. What do we mean vertical? You, th you know, let's say the mind is like an ocean. Okay. It's active on its surface. There are the waves and things floating around. And as you go deeper and deeper in the mind, which is deeper and deeper in the ocean for the analogy's sake, uh, you get to more and more quiet, more and more settled levels until you reach the depths, the deepest level of the ocean, which is very powerful, very quiet. We can say a thought that comes to us is like a bubble coming from the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And this bubble is tiny and so imperceptible <laughs> and it grows as it goes up until it reaches the surface. We are usually aware of thought on that surface level, as if the bubble bursts or we see it on that surface level. So we are usually floating on the surface level. Mm -hmm. Techniques of concentration ask you to focus on something on the surface. You take your mind to an object with a candle or some part of your body or some aspect of your breathing and you try to guide the mind and direct it towards this particular aspect of uh, attention, right. which is an object or whatever part of the body. Contemplation is when you let the mind float on the surface on some meaning. So let's say you think you take a proverb, you take a word, love, justice, goodness, sustainability, good living, healthy living, what is it? And you start thinking about it, so mm -hmm. you contemplate about it. Both these techniques have their, of course, effectiveness. You become mindful of things, you become thinking about them, you become aware rather than your mind, you know, like on the surface, throwing your right and left from one wave to another. Sure. Transcendental meditation is different though. Okay. What transcendental meditation does is actually takes you down to the source of thought. So you dive vertically. And to dive vertically, you shouldn't have attention on meaning. Because meaning of something or focusing or forcing the mind to be on a specific object of understanding, it keeps you on the surface because this is where we are aware of thoughts, like the bubble we said. The bubble becomes big enough so it kind of takes over our mind and we see I have a thought mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about love or I'm thinking about sustainability and I'm thinking about that. But we don't know where these thoughts are actually coming from ultimately. So transcendental meditation takes you deep within mm -hmm. the self towards pure level of settled inner consciousness, inner awareness. 
Because one might imagine that as you dive deep, you become more quiet, which is what we said. The ocean becomes quieter, the mind becomes quieter within. And there is a tendency to maybe fall asleep or lose awareness. With transcendental meditation, we are able to dive deep, at the same time maintain awareness, and actually go to the source of all awareness, the source of all thought, the source of all reality, which is ultimately our own inner deep self. And that's where the term transcending comes from. To transcend means to go beyond. So what you do is you go beyond the reverberations of the mind, beyond the thoughts, to an inner level of pure consciousness, pure awareness. So the awareness is there, and actually research has shown that the, when you dive in, the awareness becomes sharper, brighter, wider, broader. At the same time, there is greater rest because of the rest of the mind. There is a rest also of the body. Mind and body are intimately related. And that's how you get naturally and spontaneously deep rest. Mm -hmm. So there is in transcendental meditation no manipulation of the mind. So you don't try actually to dive in towards the self. Right. Because the mind is guided by its nature to want more all the time. We always want more. We want more love, we want more happiness, we want more wealth, we want more power, we want more knowledge, we want more understanding. And usually our mind takes us towards more through our senses. Mm -hmm. So we want to hear beautiful things, we want to see beautiful things, to taste beautiful things, to feel beautiful things. So in a way, we are always searching for more towards the outside. And as we take our mind to the outside, we search for specifics on the outside. Transcendental meditation turns the mind inwards. And since the mind in its most stable, most silent, most powerful level deep within is actually the place where the source of all thought comes, mm -hmm. the source of all creativity and intelligence, the real reality of our own inner self is there. So we're going back to who we really are. We're going back to the self, which is also the source of intelligence and creativity, the source of thought. Because we have a thought, thought takes us into action, actions allows us to fulfill things, and fulfillment gives us the sense of wholeness, the sense of accomplishment in our life. So in order to have fulfillment, you need to achieve. In order to achieve, you have to have an action that is properly oriented. To have proper action, you have to have proper thought because it's the thought that actually guides the action. And where the thought comes from, it's from the self, from consciousness, from awareness from deep level of being. Mm -hmm. So going to that level, we're going, we are going, transcending the surface level, so that's why transcendental meditation, right. transcending the surface meaning, but going to the inner core from where we have powerful action, powerful thought, achievement, and fulfillment. Right. Right. Sometimes we use the example of, you know, if you want to uh, have the arrow go forward fast on the bow, then what you start by doing is you pull the arrow back. 
So if you want to jump, you go back, you run, and then you jump. If you want to create some big building, you start by digging deep in the ground. If you want the tree to be powerful, the roots have to go down. If you want the wave to be great, you want the ocean to be deep. You cannot create you know, big waves in a little pond or in a glass of water. So the inner value, the hidden value, is actually the source of the outer strength and clarity and intelligence and power. And with transcendental meditation, we dive deep. You know, we, we nourish the roots of life. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you put water on the roots. You say, why? You know, I want a flower. I want a fruit that is beautiful. I should take care of the fruit. But to take care of the fruit, you go to the water that goes to the roots. And so in transcendental meditation, we strengthen the roots. We go back to that which is the source of intelligent thinking, planning, and behaving. Mm. Unfortunately, with life going on, we almost you know, go on with stress and strain and fatigue and all of that. And it clouds our you know, perception. So we think we are acting clearly. Um, reasonably and taking things into consideration but sometimes small things cloud our awareness Mm -hmm. we are attached to a certain thing and we stop seeing other things and that we can say a state which is not totally natural which is not totally ourself which is in a way having glasses and the glasses (laughs) are can be colored and if they are colored by our prejudice, by our fears, by our stresses, then no matter how much we think we are acting and thinking and behaving in a free, holistic way with good reasoning and all of that, we're actually seeing things through a certain color of glasses. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we sometimes, the glasses are so tinted and so colored that we don't see the reality totally as it should be. And that's why we have people with so many different opinions, because we all wear our own glasses. And so this technique, therefore, is not a philosophy of how to live life. It's not a a belief system. It's not how to have an orientation. It's just cleaning the glasses, cleaning the glasses. Another thing we can say, you know, making the screen of life more Mm -hmm. clear. Right. You know, like we have the movie of life going on, and it's going on on a screen, and the screen is consciousness. We should realize, you know, without consciousness, what can we do? Without consciousness, we cannot enjoy love, we cannot enjoy health, we cannot think, we cannot plan. You know, we are just... No consciousness means it's either a robot or something very superficial. And therefore, consciousness is the screen on which our life is happening as a movie of life. So we can improve the life on the outside, but if the screen isn't clear, is not clean, Mm -hmm. is not proper, then the movie is going to be not very clear either. So we clean up our... (laughs) our I like the analogy. Like <laughs> yes, exactly. It. And it's compatible with other religions, right? You mentioned it's not a belief system. You can practice transcendental meditation and be a Christian or Muslim or anything. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, we have, you know, rabbis, we have priests, we have sheikhs, we have Buddhists, we have, you know, Hindu people, everybody practices transcendental meditation. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I have been asked to be responsible for this movement, you mm -hmm. know, after, which comes from very ancient tradition. You know, it's not like Maharishi invented transcendental meditation. And he just gives always gratitude to his teacher, who got it from his teacher, from his teacher, thousands of years of tradition of, you know, this, we call it mental yoga or the supreme okay. yoga, which is a yoga of unifying value. We go back to, Marshi likes to use, to the sap that supports all the flowers and mm -hmm. the trees and the... Uh, leaves and the different things. So there is a sap that becomes the flower, the petal, the, you know, the branch, the leaf and all of that. But ultimately it's one, one sap that becomes everything. Right. And so uh, if we go back to the self, mm -hmm. like the ancient wisdom, know thyself. Know thyself people think is to know who you are, what are your qualities, what are your problems, you know, how, what are your difficulties, so you know how to, to handle yourself and mm -hmm. behave. But ultimately, know yourself is to know that you are this transcendental field of pure consciousness, that this field of pure inner strength and stability and, and all that is good within. Mm -hmm. It, it has an impact on all levels of life. You know, this inner experience is not just for the sake of experiencing 20 minutes morning and evening, mm -hmm. a good level of, oh, I'm feeling good for 20 minutes. It's for life, it's for dynamism, it's for action. And we have seen that transcendental meditation with several hundred scientific research studies in the best universities and, and the research centers in the world shown its effectiveness on health, uh, improvement, you know, reduction of stress, uh, reduction of blood pressure, heart disease, huge, you know, things in health and in behavior and intelligence and grades of students and even the effects on uh, society and, and, you know, because one individual consciousness is one unit and the collective consciousness of society. And when you improve the individuals, mm -hmm. you are improving the society. You know, for a tree, if a tree is green, fine. Now when a forest is made out of individual trees, so to have a green forest, you have to have green trees. Mm -hmm. If you want peace in society, you have to have peaceful individuals. So from the individual inner peace and strength and clarity, we have an effect on society, that society improves. And there are studies, this have been studied scientifically and repeatedly. What's involved in practicing transcendental meditation? You, you referred to a little bit earlier about 15 minutes in the morning or 15 minutes. What exactly is involved? How long does it take? How much does it impose on your daily routine? How does one get into it? You learn transcendental meditation in four consecutive days, each day for about two hours. Mm -hmm. That is the, the procedure how to learn transcendental meditation. And then you practice it on your own. You become independent. So obviously, it's, as we said, it's not a philosophy, it's not a religion, it's not a belief system. 
And what you do is you sit quietly in a chair, comfortably, so there is no special position. You close the eyes, and then you learn this technique that helps you to dive within. And uh, you take that uh, inner direction, and the mind guided by its own nature to want more and more, as we said, but this time more towards inside rather than searching for more outside. Mm -hmm. It dives and gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And you do this for 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And then you take some time, you, go, you come out, and then you have the energy and the strength and the feeling rejuvenated. By the way, it's, it has shown that those who practice transcendental meditation for a certain number of years, like four or five years, they have a biological age which is much younger than their chronological age by as much as 15, 20 years based on certain parameters that have been analyzed. So it's really uh, for health, for wholeness, for rejuvenation, and it's extremely simple. As we said, it's not that it's for concentration or forcing the mind or even contemplation. And children, even from the age of five years, they have a technique. From the age of 10 years, they can sit and meditate like adults. And people throughout, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, their life they can meditate up to 110 years or <laughs> whatever they can live and so we have all this range and it doesn't have to depend on intellectual understanding so people who are simple and you know doing simple job or complicated job or big responsibilities they practice it and benefit from it and grow within independent of their you know their particular activity or background or education. Mm -hmm. And in TM or Transcendental Meditation, um, I understand this is a mantra that people might have. Um, here's a question for you, maybe a little bit lighthearted, but what's the deal with this mantra being secretive? Or why, why is it that people say, I have a mantra, but I'm, I'm, I'm keeping what that mantra is to myself? The, the mantra is a sound without a meaning. Okay. And uh, that sound is acting like a vehicle on which actually the mind sits when it starts diving within. So we said that you sit, you close the eyes, mm -hmm. and then the mind starts diving within. And as the mind dives within in this ocean of the mind, it settles down, it settles down. And as it settles down, it becomes more and more quiet, and therefore it could fall asleep which is fine, we, you know, in the teaching of Transcendental Meditation, we say whatever comes, we take it as it comes. But the mantra is that sound, which is a vehicle on which the mind sits and dives within. So the mantra has an inward direction. And as the mind settles, the mantra accompanies the mind in a non-directed way, because it has no meaning. And that allows the mind to settle down, settle down, and reach that transcendental state in which also the mantra actually disappears and there is no more mantra, but this one learns as one practices and goes through the course because one has to go through it systematically. Now, mantras are given for individuals mm -hmm. by the teachers who have been trained to choose the mantra. We don't speak about the mantra because we want the mantra to maintain the inward direction. So if we speak it out, it means we are bringing it in the other direction. We're bringing it towards the outside. And that is 
not good for the practice. Right. And so to keep something personal and deep, it's like taking a seed and putting it in the ground. You don't come every day and you open the field <laughs> to check if the, <laughs> right. the seed is blossoming or growing well. You just keep it for your inner self. Now, you know, people can, sometimes they say the mantra, but it's not really the, the, the right. way it, it's taught and learned. One has to learn it in the pros proper way to give it the right direction and the proper situation, mm -hmm. the proper circumstances to make it most effective. It's nice to keep it to yourself. Yes, and <laughs> not everyone has the same mantra also. Right. So sharing the mantra and talking about it doesn't help you and doesn't help others. Mm -hmm. And the Transcendental Meditation Movement or organization, it's a high-profile organization. It's um, been around since the mid-50s, if yes, I understand correctly. Correct. Obviously, there's been a lot of celebrities who've been involved with this. Tell us a little bit about that organization. What's, how's it evolved over the decades, and, um, and what's it look like today? It's almost, you know, a grassroots kind of uh, organization. It started with Marshi feeling that he had such a precious knowledge for the development of life and consciousness. Originally, he said, I knew life was bliss. Mm -hmm. The nature of life is bliss and happiness and fullness. But people are not living that. And I have this knowledge from my ancient tradition, from his teacher and his teacher from his teacher for thousands of years. And it was kept kind of secret in a way or private only reserved for those who have advanced a lot in their mm -hmm. practice and preparation and readiness mm -hmm. but Marshi felt the time is ready to give it out because of the scientific age and the scientific age can prove its effectiveness and it's no more you know seen as a belief or as you know a philosophy but actually as a technique as a practical technique Mm -hmm. that doesn't depend on intellectual understanding even. And so that's how he came to the West and people got interested, they got results. Scientists started to do research on it. Um, you know, as you said, many celebrities came into it and got so interested by it that they were upholding it and supporting it and it spread throughout the world. And then Marshi created teachers and then it became a big, you know, movement, if you like, or an organization mm -hmm. with universities, teaching institutions, centers around the world. And, you know, then more knowledge came that from ancient knowledge of health, for example, use of food and habits, which we call Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. And so we have all these different aspects that came out to help life become better for every individual and every society. And we are like a big family that is open, you know, it's not a secretive thing, it's not a belief system, it's not a religion, but it's an organization of people who have felt the benefits of such a simple technique, such an easy technique, that they felt they want to devote time for teaching it and spreading it to others in mm -hmm. a very simple, innocent way. And so it grew to become quite large. You know, we are in all countries of the world, okay. practically. We have centers with teachers that are in every uh, city, every big city in the world, 
Um, and uh, it's organized uh, as a you know, group of people who know something and want to share it and scientists who want to study it and show its effectiveness. And now we are even working on an app that will help, okay. that will help to support the teaching and support the teachers. But it will always be taught individually and personally. So there will always be the need to be with a personal teacher, a personal coach, if you like, mm -hmm. because that is the most effective way. It's very personalized technique. So you follow the individual steps of uh, development based on their questions and how they have experiences. Then you can give more knowledge. So that all is happening in an innocent, sequential way and properly attended to. Mm -hmm. But the app will help to support a lot of this teaching and make it more available and easier to Exciting. deliver. Exciting. Where can somebody find out a bit more about Transcendental Meditation? If they're interested in this conversation, if they want to find out a bit more about it, where do you recommend they head to? The simplest way is on a website called tm.org. So okay. tm.org, and it's a U.S.-based website, but it can guide all over the world for finding teachers of okay. transcendental meditation. There is a site that was created also that's called uh, drtonynader.com. Okay. So d-r-t-o-n-y-n-a-d-e-r.com, mm -hmm. and this gives more about what I'm doing and how to reach Great. different less levels of knowledge and understanding and also a guide to where one can find centers or teachers of transcendental meditation and how many people practice tm today we've counted recently about 12 million wow and uh, yeah we have trained more than 40,000 teachers around the world mm. tell me as we're wrapping up the conversation, what's the key takeaway that you'd love for our audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode? What's the key thing that you think worthwhile keeping in mind after the show? We keep in mind that <clears throat> we are fullness within. Every one of us is wholeness, is totality. And there is something very beautiful, very deep within ourselves. It's our consciousness that is an expanded field of being that we can reach, that we can experience, know the beauty of who we are, know ourselves in the real depths of what we are, and live life in fullness and wholeness and perfection. This is the birthright of every human being, and it is not a hope or a wish. It can be achieved systematically, scientifically, repeatedly. Wonderful. That is amazing. Thank you very much, Tony, for taking the time to join the Do One Better podcast today. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, meeting you in person, and learning both about transcendental meditation as a technique, as an organization, and also finding out a little bit more about you personally. Fascinating uh, trajectory. To our listeners, thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already done so, and please share. Share widely with others. It makes a huge difference for us. Tony, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. The pleasure was mine. Congratulations for a wonderful podcast in every way. And 
the not only the way you do it, but the scope of it and the desire to create something beautiful for everyone and for society. Thank you for listening to the Do One Better podcast. If you want to find out more about our show, about our guests, additional links and resources, visit our website at liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I dot And don't forget, success at the Do One Better podcast is about inspiring you to be more philanthropic, to think more about sustainability, and to embrace social entrepreneurship. Hopefully, these stories will encourage you to take action and change the world around you for the better. <laughs>